Hey everybody, welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks for joining us on this Monday, June 13th. We are almost, it's almost summertime. Uh, and we have a lot of news to get to. This is our first, like, typical Monday show in quite a while, actually. Yeah. Um, and we have some news we're going to talk about. Uh, if you're looking for our reactions to the latest Kenobi episode and you haven't checked it out yet, we were live this past Wednesday. Check out our full uh, part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi on our channel or your preferred podcast app. But here we are to talk about the latest Star Wars news. I'm John. With me, as always, James and Lacey. Um, a lot of cool stuff to get into today. Um, but before we get into some giveaway winner announcements, I just want to say hello. How you doing, James? How you doing, Lacey? I know that I had someone say, have you done your episode yet where you like fully talk about celebration and stuff? And I was like, no. And I also don't know if we're ever going to really have an episode where we just decompress. Because a bunch of people did do that. And yeah. talk about celebration. Um, I mean, I guess at this point, we, we did it around the galaxy. You know, we did that last Friday yeah. when that was kind yeah. of a decompressive celebration. So yeah, if you yeah, yeah want to check that out, we were there. Um, but I, I kept thinking that that was going to happen. And I was like, well, we're doing Kenobi stuff. And then we're just talking about like general news. And so it's never really mm -hmm. happened. But celebration was just so much that I'm trying to describe it to people. And I'm like, it's literally just like going to a convention and trying to cover it all. It's impossible. Like there's so right. much news flying at you. Stuff that we would. um, Stuff that we would be like absolutely our headline top story two weeks in a row. <laughs> we're, we're, we didn't even talk about, you know, on the show like at all. It just like goes that quickly. There was so much. And we still have some stuff we're going to post, like those beverages that we tried. Mm -hmm. I don't think we... Oh, yeah. I don't know. Those are going to go up on Patreon, yeah. Yeah, we keep but saying But I feel that. like... We gotta do it. <laughs> things we covered, we already put videos out on from Celebration while True. we were there. The Mix All to Happen meetup was quite publicized. Uh, us meeting Jonas. Like, yeah, we, when we look back, we did sort of pull people into our experience while yeah. we were there, so we didn't need to recap it. I feel like. Well, I'm I'm even talking just stuff like there was a punch of High Republic stuff. There was like Tales of the Jedi, and like we never really. Oh yeah, we yeah. we haven't had like some of those things would have been in Resistance Report, and we would have had long discussions about them. But there was so much out of Celebration, we just kind of gloss over those things, and we'll talk about them more as they come out. But the announcements of them, as they were, or sneak peeks that people saw, you know, it's like we'll just have to gloss over some of that stuff because or go to starwarsnewsnet.com to go get the lowdown yeah i'm just saying from resistance broadcast oh yeah point of view like the information is out there but the three of us kind of talking about it we talked about it at celebration but yeah i don't know it's like mm -hmm. it was just a lot <laughs> it was a lot my feet still hurt Gotta get that checked out, bud. That's because that's because james is like the disney guy if there's one thing i've learned on this trip, it was that Disney is James's thing, and he does a yeah. Disney walk. What time walk. did we get there? Seven. Seven. You guys got there at seven. I booked it there by seven fifteen because you guys told me it was opening at seven fifteen. You were there for like fourteen hours. So <laughs> or like I, more. yeah, I got there. You know, before they opened the doors, 
and I stayed all day till they kicked me out at midnight. And I have pictures of me like in the dark riding rides like, hey, (laughs) like (laughs) so 17 hours at Disney, something like that. Yeah. Wow. John and I went to the bar. Which is funny because I told myself I wasn't going to have any beverages on this trip, but man, did I want one after Disney. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Lacey, what's, uh, what's going on with you? You didn't move yet. I didn't move yet. Um, I will probably be moved <laughs> by the next episode. Live Wednesday? Live Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, Wednesday, you got two I'll days to move. Yeah, no, I'm still, it's funny because we're still recovering, like, with all the stuff that happened, like James said, I'm still physically, I'm exhausted, (laughs) still (laughs) tired, and, um, but it's like a really interesting tired because I'm like pumped and excited and having a great time and like there's so much going on um, and we're just getting started, like there's so much more Star Wars coming, uh, which is just and the there's best. already another celebration. We're already planning for <laughs> yeah, for next year. That's it's crazy. just it kind of like, you know, hit the ground running and then we're still running. <laughs> oh man. I actually next, even had next... another day where I went to Kings Island recently. Like when we spent Jeez. like a long time at Kings Island. <laughs> yeah. Which was really cool because they're doing their fiftieth anniversary and they're doing mm-hmm. drones. And I'm like, why is Disney not doing this? This is amazing. Such a cool wow. show. Mm-hmm. That would be cool if you're like walking around Galaxy's Edge and like a probe droid like comes cruising by. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say drones though in like a fireworks show? Well, yeah. They, they did I it for assume... the Platinum Jubilee over in England. Yeah. They just like yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. put out like, you know, hundreds of them or whatever and they're all like one little light but then they pattern and, and move objects. And yeah, that's and cool. It's crazy, man. It was the cool. It was like so cool and I'm like, I'm surprised Disney is doing more of this. They have done it, but not like at the parks regularly. Right. Next celebration, especially I've never been to Europe. Man, we, we were so busy and I was so proud of like how good of a job we did for the podcast and Star Wars Newsnet. But I would like some more downtime. I feel like every night we got back so late where I didn't even want to go to the bar to hang out with people. I was like so beat. We didn't like, get to go to the pool. I was like so disappointed. We didn't do the pool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like we, there wasn't really a lot of downtime at all. There was even some stuff like walking the show floor didn't get to do enough of. We, we only saw interview. that first aisle, really. Yeah, but yeah. um, so I I'm gonna make try to make an effort to commit less to stuff and maybe like one less meetup or something and you know whatever. But still, no no regrets. Uh, I had a great time and <laughs> I look forward to the next one. I do miss a lot of people already, uh, even you too. Um, but here we are. Right. Thanks to uh, mm-hmm. the magic of uh, technology, and you did uh, come to my house for your top Top Gun poster. So we have seen each other. We have, then. and I gave it to my brother, and he was just so touched that I gave my poster to him. Was he hyped? He was. Yeah, because he already like my brother. I got my brother into Top Gun, but he took it to a new level. And he calls himself like, he, Maverick. Well, so he changed his name on Facebook so his students wouldn't find him. And so he just put Maverick on there instead of his real name. And then <laughs> his bar is Top Gun themed. He calls it Top Gunners. And I bought him the first Top Gun poster and framed it for him. So now he could put the that one next to it. Just complete nice. the, the deal. Um, and I gave him, I gave him the, the pin too. 
So he's he's all set. He's swagged up for Top Gun. Um, <laughs> but speaking of swag, we do have two giveaways to announce before we hop into the Resistance Report. Um, so, Lacey, why don't you tackle our Bandai Namco giveaway? Well, why announce- don't I tackle the YouTube one? Because that's my poster. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> James, do you want to do uh, the Bandai or do you want me to do it? You can do it. All good. <laughs> right. All right. Well, uh, before celebration, just before, uh, we had tweeted uh, a giveaway where you could win the Mandalorian and Grogu exclusive uh, Bandai Namco item uh, for Star Wars Celebration. And all you had to do was follow us, retweet, and comment with your favorite gift from the Mandalorian. And many, many, many of you did, but there is only one winner. And that person is. Ride a Rancor at Ride a Rancor Kevin M. Congratulations, <laughs> Kevin. You have won the Bandai Namco uh, Ronin Mandalorian Beskar armor and Grogu figure set. Congratulations. We will be in touch. We'll DM you. And if you do not respond, we'll give it to somebody else. So, Kevin, I hope <laughs> so you're listening. Please respond. I hope you. Yeah, there have been people. Over time, who never responded, and we wound up giving it to other people. So make sure, uh, if you're not listening, Kevin, or watching, check your Twitter uh, direct messages, but we'll get in touch. So congratulations. Thank you to everybody who entered. Obviously, as we always say, there will be more giveaways coming, uh, but we're not done yet. I'm going to swing it over to Lacey for our Andor poster winner. Yeah, so we got a poster at the Lucasfilm Showcase panel. Um, I have so many posters as it is. I want someone else to enjoy it that couldn't go to celebration. Hopefully this person didn't. I don't know if they did or didn't, but that was the plan anyway. (laughs) Um, So the winner from YouTube, which was, I believe, what did we have them say? Like the best thing from the panel or the thing they were most excited about? Most looking forward to, yeah. So the winner of the poster is nerdy underscore Seb at Seabast81300. Congratulations. Not heard in a long, long time. (laughs) So, nerdy underscore Seb, send us an email, resistancebroadcast at gmail.com, and we'll get that out to you. And yeah, their comment was they're most excited for Andor. So, I think they're going to like that poster. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, cool. So, we gave away stuff. Everyone's feeling good, vibing. Uh, James, do you remember how to do? The Resistance Report. It's the Resistance. What if I just completely botch the Resistance Report? I'm like, <laughs> uh, what am I doing here? <laughs> well, there was one no, time guys- you weren't here, me and Lacey were doing it, and I was like, so wait, when do I like ask Lacey what her thoughts are? I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we got a couple different stories here. Um, first one is kind of coming from a report, uh, from EW on the Mandalorian and how it's, or I'm sorry, ET and how it's, uh, coming up. Uh, they got to speak with a lot of the cast and we got a lot of insight onto how they are feeling, uh, as we move into the next, um, season here and i mean when i say they talked to everybody it was you know giancarlo esposito emily swallow uh katie sackoff there's a lot of comments in this 
um, including Pedro Pascal. You know, it's like everybody was talking about uh, how they, what their impressions of the third season are and how they differ from the other two seasons thus far, the direction they're going kind of thing. A lot here. Um, I'm going to start with John on this one. Um, were there any particular <clears throat> quotes that were notable? Um, and how did this kind of compare to uh, maybe like what we saw at Celebration in in the room, you know, and you're like, that's the vibe I got too. So dead on, you know, or this changed things up. Yeah, two things really stood out to me. I mean, obviously, there is a consistent tone and um, attributions being applied across the board from the whole cast, sweeping in terms of what this is going to feel like and be like, um, which seems like it's going to be very, you know, Empire Strikes Back, Last Jedi, like this is the dark, you know, part of the story and things are going to get really messed up here more than you thought they were before. But my bigger takeaways were Giancarlo Esposito, because he's typically the most candid and revealing. His quotes are always often longer and you get a better understanding of what he's actually saying. You don't have to read between the lines. He's like, yeah, I think my guy's in jail. Uh, <laughs> you know, He's behind <laughs> bars and he's like, we can maybe see him escape and get out. Like, He doesn't seem frightened at all about you know, NDAs or anything. He seems comfortable in his own skin talking about his character. And he's also just uh, very lighthearted about it. And I always draw myself most to those types of actors who talk about this stuff without too much secrecy or too much seriousness. And he's having a lot of fun with it. And uh, I'm really, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, the introduction to that character. I didn't like his ending in season two, but it sounds like um, there may be more to come from him and, and learning more about what he's all about and who he may serve. Uh, and then Pedro Pascal just throwing it out there. Um, you know, Robert Rodriguez did too for Book of Boba Fett um, saying, you know, it's it's going to be, you know, great and all this stuff like that. And I guarantee it. And I don't know, people were mixed on that. But Pedro Pascal says this is going to be the best season of The Mandalorian. And uh, that's big shoes to fill because everybody seems to love The Mandalorian. So, but what we've seen in that footage does align with a lot of what we're seeing from these quotes, which is bigger, better, grander, fuller, more depth. And I'll never forget, because I still think I've only seen it the one time, that footage of The Mandalorian they showed at Celebration, it felt like it was a different show. It felt like they did make a movie based on The Mandalorian and just upped everything, made everything bigger, louder, more expensive, more expansive, and... Uh, the stakes seem higher and, and it, everything seems on edge with a lot of these characters, especially Bo-Katan. And again, they, she was one of the only ones they brought out during the big Lucasfilm showcase. So that to me, like one of you brought up about Genevieve O'Reilly being a big part of Andor because she was the one that joined uh, Diego Luna on stage. Katie Sackhoff's really the only one who came out to represent the Mandalorian along with Favreau and Filoni at the showcase panel. Mm -hmm. So I think she's going to be a massive part of season three. And um, I'm a little curious, you know, I think she may go the dark way and, and, and mad queen sort of thing like Daenerys in Game of Thrones. But I, for some reason, I'm hoping she does, but comes back and there, there's, there's um, a redemption there or return to, to form. Um, so I'm not really sure. But those are my, my biggest takeaways. I'll, I'll chime in once everyone else gets an opportunity to dip in here. Lucy, you got anything in particular on... on uh, any particular comment 
that stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, the Bo-Katan stuff definitely stuck out to me because we see her at such a weird place at the end of season two of like, she can't have the dark saber. What does that mean? What does that mean for her and the history of her people? And where is it going? Yeah. The awkward stare. She's like, um, that, like so it look, is, like, she knows. yeah, <laughs> it is interesting. Like John said that they brought her out for that showcase panel because as we saw throughout the weekend, they were like, Oh, Rosario Dawson is busy. And then she showed up the next day. Oh, so and so is busy, and she. So I think I think they strategically picked certain people to bring out for certain things. So the fact that they brought her out and she was in the footage and she's on that throne in the footage that mm-hmm. we saw, very much says to me like we're gonna get more of her and more of where she's at, and that's reflected in the quotes from uh, Katie Sackoff, which is like. She's not done yet. It makes us question where she is. When we first meet her, she's in a completely different mindset than she is now. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see where her character goes. Uh, The other thing that really stuck out to me was Tamara Morrison talking about how he wants bad Boba back. He just had a whole series where, Mm -hmm. which by the way, I'm going to make a quick side note here which I'm glad he brought this up at Celebration, and I hope people really listened to it, is when he was on the Celebration live stage and he talked about how people called him Boba Fat, and then he was working out like crazy to look better on camera because clearly that hurt his feelings. Like, Oh, really? People need to realize what you say online is seen and heard by these people, and they're human, so just, like, be nicer. And I'm not saying that's our listeners. I'm just saying in general, because that was really heartbreaking to have him. See. He made it into like a joke thing. Like he was like, mm-hmm. I was bench pressing and I was doing all these things. And I'm like, that's so sad, though, that like he felt that insecure about it. That was like, oh, I need to get a trainer. Um, He looks amazing, though. So the work paid yeah. off. Dude's like 61 or something. Yeah, Jeez. he looks great. He looks great before. He looked great now. Awesome. Uh, that being said, it is interesting that he did bring up wanting to see the old Boba Fett back. He's like, yeah, the new one was great, but I'd like to see the old one. And I'm like, ooh, what does that mean? Where are we going with this? Is that like him hinting at what we're going to see? Or is that just kind of him manifesting or willing into the universe with Jon Favreau sitting there being like, hey, this is what I want? Um, because we got a little bit of that in Mandalorian season two, but then Book of Boba Fett was a completely different Boba Fett that we didn't, I personally didn't expect. Um, And I wanted more of the one we saw in the episode where he's backhanding stormtroopers and blowing them up. Um, So I really hope we get to see that. Uh, Other than that, you know, Pedro talking about Grogu, that's the thing that he always gets asked about. It's kind of like you and McGregor getting asked if he was going to play Kenobi again. Like Pedro's always asked about Grogu (laughs) all the time and what that means for him. Um, So he had a a good moment of like, hey, it's who's protecting who type thing. Uh, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. As Grogu gets more powerful. Yeah. His comments were, you know, is his powers rise up. We've seen in the first two seasons that it felt like he was a child and Mandalorian was protecting the child. But as Grogu gets stronger, gets more aware, maybe even gets vocal, they're communicating a lot more. And at the end of the day, like Grogu's bringing down rancors. So it's like already we've seen Grogu grow to an extent where his powers are, are becoming potentially too much for the Mandalorian 
And that's where that like whole like Luke dynamic came in. It's like I don't know what I'm supposed to do with like a a baby that like that like is powerful like this. So I thought that was really interesting. My my biggest takeaway from this article though is Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm like he's back. It's season three. I was so excited for him in season two, and it was <laughs> and he kind of got the short end of the stick on on that season. I look at his comments now and I go, we want to see the mastermind. We want to see the guy. And I feel like this wasn't part of this article, but that I feel like I saw something recently. Maybe John, you know <clears> what <throat> I'm talking about. Said something along the lines of like, he's more in control over a lot of groups of people than you would think. Something like that. Does that sound familiar? It does. I can't pinpoint it. I can't pinpoint what it was either, but I, I, that thought plus these comments of him being the mastermind, I was like, I think Favreau hired this guy not because he was good. That's a great reason to hire him. He's very good, but I think he saw Gus from Breaking Bad and said, that's my guy because I want that character. Oh, yeah, we've always said that. That's yeah, that's literally what's yeah, totally. And so we felt like we were getting that in season one and it was leading that way in season two and it dropped off so quickly. I'm go. I want season three to be good, but I'm scared that he's just going to be included because he's part of the cast and his story is going to just be tangentially involved. Is that the right? I'm saying that right. When like the real takeaway from season three is going to be. Uh, you know, Mandalore and and this other stuff over here, yeah. and like the Empire is kind of taking a back seat to the Mandalorian themes, which I love. But again, it's the one it's it's the one character where I'm thinking about how everybody's involved. I'm thinking about the armor, and I'm thinking about the Mandalorian himself and Grogu and um Bo-Katan, and I'm like, I see where this is going. And the Empire is really getting pushed out of this. And it feels like Moff Gideon is kind of also getting pushed out of this. The only information or the only real connection here is that he's previously owned it and knows a lot about it. You know, like he seems like he was like somewhat involved in some of the Mandalorian stuff to begin with. I just want to see his character given his due. I think he's great. Yeah. And, um, I don't know that that was my big takeaway from the article. I like some of the other comments too, but just to move things along, that was my biggest walk away from it. Yeah, it, it could be as simple as he's one of many under a directive of Palpatine to capture these creatures who have heightened force sensitivity and extracting their DNA for these projects. And that's why Grogu was grabbed. And, you know, you have something I want and all that stuff. Uh Um, or it could be more complex I just you know I I think I said this when we first met him in the at the at the end after the first season I think we were like saying like you know shows always like feel like they have to now we have to go bigger so here's the real bad guy and then he all of a sudden he gets diminished I I still Mm -hmm. want him to be that guy who showed up and did the whole like I know you, you're in there, you're in there, you're in there. And here's the deal. I'm going to kill all of you. And just like that menacing, not Vader, but evil person. The very calm, calculated guy. 
Yeah, like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I want that guy back. Like I don't want them to hux him. And it felt that way a little bit at the very end of season two. That's a good comp. Um, so I want the, you know, bow to the first order version of Moff Gideon as Hux was in like the Force Awakens. So I'm I'm hoping they use his talents appropriately. It looks like this is a very much more complex story, at least visually it appears that way. Um, we'll see where he fits in. But real quick on the Grogu thing. I just thought of that. So you said like taking down rankers, like so that was like the first time he used his power to like nurture something instead of like stopping it or or using it to tear things apart or something like that. Like he eased that rancor using his power. He healed and put it to Grief Karga. Grief Karga, right. But that like from a distance thing, like I think the parallel was mm-hmm the Mudhorn and how he stopped that so Mando could kill it, mm-hmm. how he took that um, droid thing and he tore was like that apart. showing, he was kind of reflecting the energy Mando was putting out. Right. And then he yeah. goes with Luke and learns about what it really means and he comes back and he eases the Rancor as opposed to saying like, I have to just kill this thing or stop it. He's like, no, this is, I'm understanding this now. Mm-hmm. And then he cuddles up next to it and stuff. Whereas on the flip side, Mando has this power he doesn't understand now with his dark saber, so maybe it is Grogu who will teach him how to become the true Mandalore mm-hmm. and and like understand how, what he's supposed to do with the dark saber and that responsibility and that power. So maybe they're starting to get a little closer in not so much father son, but like just this bond between them that is almost mutual Two people just kind of on similar paths even though they're very different yeah true and i i agree with that um there's also the line in the teaser though where she says oh you thought your father was the only mandalorian you know you thought your dad was it dad is the only mandalorian which implies this extra level of like you know that's that's kylo holding out his hand kind of thing it's like this alternative like view that Grogu might end up taking like there's more beyond him you know Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. know what that looks like does Grogu go with somebody else you know I I don't know what the angle is there but I while I agree with the two of them growing together uh as uh, seen here by Pedro's comments but are they going to ultimately be pulled apart by I'm also looking at the trailer that's implying that there's going to be a little bit of split between them somehow man it sounds good man i like based on the footage we saw too like everything looks like it's another solid season of mandalorian coming and what is it now is that a two-year break three-year break two two and a half it'll be yeah over two yeah over two yeah yeah so december 2020 to february 2023 So two years and two months. Yeah. Crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it really is how long how long it's been and we'll see how, how far they go. I wonder if it's still gonna be eight episodes. Like there's a lot we, we aren't really sure about. And I have to watch that footage again. Like it's still not out publicly, right? Just right. Like, yeah, I don't you gotta think find so. it. The, and I also don't know if the Man, second I only watched it the one time batch and, like, of you're footage got quotes. I'm like, I don't even well. remember that. Or like I'm like, Oh <laughs> yeah, I forgot she said that. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, but cool. 
All right. Well, moving on to our next story here. Um, and we did talk a little bit about this on our TRB Live episode when we were discussing the Kenobi. Um, Bonnie Peace uh, has been talking a little bit about her role as Baru. Um, she said, you know, this is uh, how what it was like when I got the call, how I felt like I, I was kind of thinking maybe it's this Kenobi thing I've been hearing about. And she also, I think the big takeaway... Uh, for probably all of us, I mean, it's the headline here on StarWarsNewsNet.com, um, is that she's teasing a larger role in the second half of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which at this point, there's only two episodes left, and she has zero lines. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. she's either going to get cut from this series like she was announced, and they thought they had it in, and they did lines with her, and then she just doesn't know that they've cut her, or... Mm-hmm. It's probably more likely that she just is going to have a big scene here uh, at the end, probably with Luke, because that's obviously what she's teasing here, you know, about uh, the relationship between Brew and Luke in A New Hope. So it seems like that's probably the angle they're going with. We'll see if it ends up in the show. But Lacey, what were your thoughts on Bonnie Peace's comments on just Kenobi in general? I think it's kind of weird that she hasn't really been in it yet. I mean, we saw Owen, we've seen kind of every piece of this, but we don't ever see her. I don't think we even saw her when he, Luke was outside because he was with Owen. Um, So it is weird. Um, But when we meet her in A New Hope, she definitely has an understanding of Luke that Owen clearly doesn't have. So the question is, how did she get that understanding? And I think Bonnie does a great job in this interview of explaining like, she is the mother figure to Luke. She has, you know, she cares for him. That's from the moment she was given this baby. That's all she's cared about. Now, as a mother myself, I completely agree. It's like, that's all that matters is your baby. So um, I'm interested to see when they're on screen together, how that's going to translate. Because we've seen how Leia interacts with her adoptive parents and how she feels like she doesn't belong. But we don't really get that same feeling from Luke. He gets that it's aunt and uncle and that obviously they're not his real parents, but it's not that kind of pushback that Leia has of like, I don't belong here. I don't want to be here. He's just kind of accepted it more. And I think that's due to the fact of someone like Aunt Beru, who's so supportive and understanding and nurturing and caring because she did want a baby. Uh, They obviously bail and his wife wanted a baby as well, but... uh, I don't know. It just seems like they're just closer than Leia and her her mother. But she's closer with the father, whereas Luke is not. Having Luke so much in or having Leia so much in the show makes me wonder if if there's going to be some sort of thing, kind of like what they did with with Ben. He's like, I think I had a brother, you know, kind of thing. It almost makes me wonder if they're going to say something about Leia not, obviously not to Luke because we know the story, but like if mm-hmm. he says like, do I have any other family besides my my mom and dad or something? And he's like, they they just ignore it or something. I don't know. It's they just kind of interesting because I'm he little... doesn't bring it up until Return of the Jedi because originally he wasn't she wasn't his sister. Yeah, I know. I I I guess I'm just thinking like if he were to say like, do I like I know my mom, I know I had a mom and I know I had a dad, but did I have any other family? And they go no you know like you're something like that which would make us feel emotions because we've been clearly watching leia the whole time 
I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm just excited to see this scene. Um, I'm excited to see the the young Luke. Uh, and Me too. P- in particular, Bonnie Peace here, like getting some lines and becoming her character again. Hopefully, which is Fingers great. Crossed. Yeah, She's yeah, in. that's what I'm saying. John, um, I think you've been championing this probably more than anybody. Uh, her coming back. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bonnie Peace's comments here? Yeah, I, I think it's really important because we have a full grasp since A New Hope of the relationship between Owen and Luke. Uh, Owen cares about Luke very much, but he's also very strict because he knows what Anakin turned into and he wants to try to keep Luke on a leash and like channel whatever his potential is to keep him safe. And that's not the best thing to do with kids, but sometimes, uh, you know, as a parent, and I'm always telling my son like, get off that, don't stand on that. Uh, you know, don't touch that or stuff like that. Get, and, and it makes him want to do that more. And you, you still, at the same time, you're still saying it. And you're like, oh man, I'm not sure what to do here. Um, so that's like Owen's struggle. But then we don't really see Baru's relationship with Luke directly. We just see her talking about him. Um, really, their only engagement was tell uncle if he gets a droid, make sure it speaks bocce. And that's that's the extent of what we know of between Baru and, and Luke talking. And, Luke. and them... Yeah, and them Luke. at that at, right. But he's also if you if you go back and watch the scene though, it, sh- he is more kind of like okay with her, whereas with Owen he's kind of like ugh, ugh, ugh. that's sons with mothers versus sons with fathers. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's me and my dad are, are kind of like that. Me and my mom are like that, and my mom is always the one who was like, you know, yes, chase that dream and do that stuff. My dad's mm-hmm. like. Wrong wrench. Bring the bring that one over or something, you know. <laughs> so I, I I relate really well with with how the those dynamics went, but I, I yeah I really think it's important for us to see more of Baru because she hasn't really been shown at all. And I like what Bonnie Peace is saying about how she just wants to be Luke's mom and her number one priority is Luke. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say it's not Owens, but he goes it about a more rigid way where she's probably coming from a no- more nurturing angle because she knows what his destiny is and what his natural path is and she's not afraid of that where i feel like on the opposite side of things owen is very afraid of that and he's handling it the way of like let me restrict him and yeah next year next year you can go to the academy next year and then like he's thinking to himself like all right, I'll tackle that next year. So now I have another year not to worry about it. And we'll keep him here on the farm, keep him to work and stuff like that. Where Brew knows the inevitability of Luke's going to go whether we want to or not. We're going to go to his bed one day and it's going to be stuffed sheets and he's not going to be there. And I think because she knows that, she can care for him from a very natural perspective of love and nurturing and care and not the fear of you know what he's going to be. Um, she and maybe that's because she has more faith in in him and 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 what that he's not going to turn out like uh, Anakin or something like that. But I, I want to see all of that because I feel like we see so many father son relationships in Star Wars. There's not a lot of mother and sons, and the one that comes to mind the most um, because we didn't really see a direct Leia Ben Solo thing or Kylo Ren thing is Shmi and Anakin mm-hmm. and how Shmi was with Anakin saying like go chase your dreams go you know he he's he's not he's not, he's not meant to be a slave he's better than this and i think we're going to see a parallel between shmi and baru 
that is going to put um, a nice closure on that relationship because ultimately we know the tragic ending for Beru and Owen, which ironically sets Luke off into his destiny. Um, but I think it's going to be nice closure for fans to see big moments and heartful moments uh, between Beru and Luke because we're seeing them with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Leia. I mean, which we yeah. like, who knew would we see that? And that's tugging at our heartstrings to see him and his actual mother, so to speak, even though he, she's his aunt, that might get some tears in the room if they, if they do it the way I think Deborah Chow and Joby Harold handle it. So I'm curious to see what we get in these next it, two episodes, but I hope it's a lot. It really, it like, we all know this, but it's one of those things like every once in a while we are reminded that Star Wars was the way we understand a new hope today was not how they understood a new hope in 77. You know, it's like those conversations of, uh, he's just got too much of his father in him. And it's like, that was never intended to be Vader. And it was never Mm -hmm. intended that the prequels and Obi-Wan dropped him off. Like, like even, even the fact that like Obi-Wan how even confident were we that when they made that movie, it was like Obi-Wan was watching over Luke. It was probably still just also kind of like he was over there. He also lived on Tatooine. It's like so much of what we understand about a new hope has been dictated and chiseled away to be what it is based on everything else that came after it specifically empire and return of the jedi and like luke and leia's relationship as well so it's like it's just so nuts to think like when those those people were filming those scenes owen and beru back in the day and it's not even her voice you know that's crazy too they dubbed her over um (sighs) and it's like and and now we're looking at those scenes we're like these relationships are so crazy and in depth and stuff and like what we're pulling meaning out of those phrases it's i i love star wars for that reason i think that's just is so much fun to kind of reinvent what we have based on new information and the new stories that we get and also still re-examining it from like how it was originally invented and intended uh and and now we think of it just like that's fact but like when people watched it back then or when they were making the movie it was like not that at all they just right. had this other wide idea of however the actors were kind of writing the stories in their heads or whatever you know or however however george pictures it i don't know and he hasn't really made up his mind yet so it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. right um now speaking of a ton of different stories and and ways to take star wars we haven't we have a rumor uh right now that we just wanted to talk about it because it does involve a live action show that's coming up called the acolyte um and now there is a possibility um that they're going to be bringing in um some of the legends sith uh and the reason we bring this up is it's not just like oh you know there's a rumor that they might be bringing in revan um this particular quote uh, was from um, it was it was Skylar Schuler on their uh, he's the a co-founder Diz of Diz Insider yeah and he mm-hmm. was doing a podcast and they were just talking a lot about stuff they were doing some speculation but he particularly says that they're not just doing like Darth Darth Revan it's it's Revan it's Bane it's Nihilus it's Malak you know it's it's you're looking at all of those characters being brought in in one way or another into the acolyte now he's he even says himself we'll see we'll see this is kind of a rumor um 
but it is very interesting um uh just because i think there's a lot of question marks around the acolyte so john i'm gonna i'm gonna start with you on this there's a little bit more to the story if you want to get into it if we, we can it towards the end there the other too. part is more exciting to me than oh this is part. it okay. i'm gonna be honest <laughs> all right well well let, let's talk really quickly about yeah, like, yeah. this thing then and uh yeah. maybe we can't take the other angle so john what are your thoughts on the sith lore and how it will connect uh legends stuff and being brought into canon through this show uh it makes me a little nervous because it seems like old republic people and people who like these legends sith lords are very protective of that stuff and i i don't know that that in my in my experience with like fandom and stuff like that those are some of the more vocal fans when it comes to criticizing how they handle things in new canon so to speak um which is really just canon there was never like an old canon like nothing that was old canon is not canon anymore it's mm -hmm. george lucas's movies and and his show and that's it but when you hear names like darth revan and stuff like that fans already know that character and who that character is and anything they do that deviates from that will cause a storm and that's just how it's going to be we're going to have to prepare for that so it really depends on what they do and how they use it if it's more referential stuff uh, i think that's really cool um if they go full bore and are like we're going to bring this character in and they're going to be a main figure here then that could be very very interesting um, but then again, I go to that thing we were saying, I don't, it might have been off air, we were saying it a lot about ratios on what they should do for new versus old. As a poll chat, a Patreon poll chat. I was in our Patreon thing. Yeah, I I don't know. I, You know, we're visiting these eras that we haven't explored and we're talking about bringing in these characters that were in these other versions of Star Wars storytelling. And it, I, I don't know that it necessarily excites me that much, to be honest with you. I'd rather give me someone I've never seen or heard before and let us all learn who that person is together um, because there is no preconceived notions or established understanding or attachment to a character and we can all say no this is just that person um, like Reva I was like that's great we have a new character uh, we're all experiencing this together there's gonna be people who don't like it and people who do but you can't say that's not my Reva or whatever. That's just like, no, that's her. Whether you like it or not, that's it. Hashtag um, not my Reva. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, my, my instinct, believe it or not, is a cool, I guess, but I'm not like over, over hyped on it. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, these guys are, are just putting baloney out there. Mm. Um, you know, uh, they're, they're good folks over there and, you know, I've talked with them a lot in the past and they've gotten a lot of stuff right. So, I just mean, assuming this is true, uh, I don't know that I'm over overly excited about it. Um, I do. I do, quickly because we can move to the other thing too. I do think this makes a lot of sense to me, um, and I'm kind of basing that on um, the Clone Wars stuff that happened involving Darth Bane. Uh, so yeah. if you don't know, if you're if you want to refresh it really quick, like Yoda just goes to a situation. And he kind of has this conversation with Darth Bane. It's not really him. It's sort of like his evil dark spirit. Like he's been summoned. He's kind of protecting some Sith artifacts to some degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think that when there's 
like a little bit of leaked information, I bet you you look at the names and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to write a report. I'm seeing Revan, I'm seeing Malik, I'm seeing Nihilus, right? And then there's this other one, I don't know who that is. Well, that person is probably the main character of the show or the main bad guy. And that's a new character that they're bringing in, but they're going to, at times, I would imagine, call upon the Dark Lords and the spirits and convene with some of these older ones and they can pull them in when they want to do them. And it's a reference. It gets people excited about the possibilities of that stuff, but it's not actually them. It's like their spirits or the consciousness and things like that. And that's how those names are being put down to paper and then they're getting like leaked. Um, and I think that gets people excited, but I don't think any of the, it would make no sense to have all of these characters all be in the show at the same time. So I think these are like long gone, like avatars, if you will, that you can every once in a while convene with and kind of talk with on the dark side of like a force ghost kind of thing. I think that's what's going on here. Um, so I think we are going to get that main character, uh, that new Sith character that we want and still get a little bit of a taste of like some of the old Republic. That and that's cool. Go with me. Yeah. So the other thing that they talked about, um, I'm going to give it over to you, Lacey, because you were the most excited about this is the possibility of some new set locations for movies and TV shows. Yeah. I think the first part of the story is cool. I'm a big Revan fan myself, but it seemed like a very obvious choice to me for the accolade. I was like, ah, yes, that makes sense. Like you were saying, James, like, of mm-hmm. course they would do this. Um, this second part is very interesting because obviously before we do the episodes, we, we read all the articles, we go through everything. I had actually seen this said by someone else that was reliable that said that goes even further than what is said here. So the rumor is they were saying on Diz Insider that Galaxy's Edge and the planet called Batuu will appear in a Star Wars show. They then go into oh it could be you know this or that skeleton crew ahsoka Mm -hmm. the tweet i saw from someone that has done a lot of big interviews with celebrities and has a lot of inside information was that it's gonna be mando it's gonna be the mandalorian that that this Mm. takes place in Hmm. um and the way they had phrased it wasn't mandalorian it was like a top prestige star wars show which it like made it very obvious that they were talking about the mandalorian like it's the top one obviously mm-hmm. it's not kenobi kenobi just happened not frick <laughs> not, not frick not right. Babu frick, okay no. uh are you saying freck or frick frick like babu frick yeah like frick <laughs> okay um i, I already forgot about frick <laughs> <laughs> Seth, Seth Rogen um, pig. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, no, it's it's super interesting to me because I remember I would say about a year ago, we got a viewer question that was asking if we thought we would ever yeah. see Galaxy's Edge in a, in, a, in the show and I remember I adamantly was like, "No way. There's no way they're going to shoot that there. Like, yeah, it looks great, but like how are they going to empty the park? They never close the park, whatever." We were just at Disney. They open the park at 7.38. They could get a crew in there at 5 a.m. when it's just getting light out. They could shoot for a couple hours and get everybody out of there before the park even opens. So, Or it could take place at night and they could just self Or it could take place at night, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or at night. Um, and from what a conversation the three of us have had with someone in California is that they have all these union laws and stuff where they can't go very far for shooting <laughs> locations, and that's why... 
they're shooting in locations that everyone's like, wow, that's my backyard. Wow, that's over a freeway. Wow, that's there. So if they were really going to shoot in Batu and use something that does look set ready, I saw it myself like a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would make sense. I think. And they're I- introducing the Mandalorian in that space soon. So now you're going to have that connection. If he does go there in the Mandalorian, now he's walking around and they're going to have a Grogu meet and greet eventually that maybe this was already in the works anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're already pushing that Star Cruiser hotel into stuff, so it doesn't surprise it, me that they would yeah. put this in the Mandalorian. And yeah, it makes sense from budgetary perspectives. Like you literally don't have to build a set, right? You just be like, there we are. Yeah, We're in Batu. I do understand those angles of it, um, and I still I think this is this is fine. They can do this. My only, sl- I, I guess. I guess it's kind of happening, but I was going to say slight disappointment is that it would be like Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett. I'd like to see it further away from the timeline that Batuu is set because I know that Batuu, the Black Spire outpost, has been around for a very long time. So I would think it would be even cooler to see it like in the Acolyte. And then it's like, man, this thing has legacy. Like when I see it there, when I see what will become Oga's Cantina, that's cool later you know to know like when does the book take place the crash of fate or whatever it was right those take place all like right around the same the last jedi stuff yeah all all that from a marketing perspective money situation if you wanted to get more bodies in that park would you put it in a show that you don't know if it's gonna do well or your number one show i don't I th- yeah I I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I hate saying, to say that, but, but like I don't Disney look at does it, think at that, that way. I don't think they're looking at it like we're. I mean, maybe they are, but like I don't. I I don't think they would be saying we need to get more people into Galaxy's Edge because we're not selling enough tickets or something like that. So they're. I don't think it that's the, the case. Show. I'm saying someone goes, well, why don't we get Galaxy's Edge into something? And they go, well, why not The Mandalorian? Because that's our most popular show. Yeah. That can literally be a call down from the top because they're the ones footing the bill. We're going to see Mando and Grogu walking out Oga's Cantina. Probably. I don't... It might be Oga's. I don't know how long Oga has been around or been like ruler of Black Spire. Imagine he's eating a Ronto wrap. (laughs) Is Oga only named Oga because it's the word ago backwards? <laughs> Is that what's going on here? Ago? Yeah. Like long, a long time, long time ago. ago. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I guess I'm just maybe, maybe I'm like a little naive on it. I just think it's one of those things where like somebody was writing and they were thinking of planets and they're like, I think it would be I don't cool think to you're naive at all. I'm thinking it from like, hey, Disney likes money. <laughs> I I think may, there might be a little bit of an angle here where like you guys tend to be a little bit more in the live action side and I'm like reading a lot of the books. And when I'm thinking about these books and they just randomly go to said planet or said planet here, you know, and then mm-hmm. I hear the authors talk about it. I, it always kind of feels like there wasn't really like a plan. It's just the author, the creator, the storyteller, if you will, just thought it would be cool to go. And I think maybe I'm kind of coming from that angle. Like if some one of these people who were writing Kenobi or Book of Boba Fett or the Acolyte or something, they just thought, let's write Batu into the story. And and then maybe I could save some budget. It makes sense. We already got the things. There's some connections there. That's just cool. 
And it does, it feels like it went from that way up versus like top down, like we want you to put this into one of our shows, into one of your shows. That's, I don't know. And who knows? Based on working with Disney at one point in my career, they're all about synergy and putting stuff into other things and like making it all connect in the way of like, I mean, it's still synergy coming from the creator up. I agree. I'm saying I don't think that's the case because. Mm. It just seems to me, especially the Star Cruiser is like a prime example. I think that was a top-down decision. Like, hey, we need a story on the Star Cruiser. Who can write this story on the Star Cruiser? And an author stepped forward and said, I can write that story of them on the Star Cruiser. Or someone saying, hey, we have this. And then obviously during Celebration, I know it's obviously a coincidence that Celebration is happening, but Favreau and Filoni were in Galaxy's Edge. Like, yes, of course they go to Galaxy's Edge, but they could go anytime. That's where they live. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. It just seemed to me like it was like there are a lot of things. And then someone said that like comment about being prestige show. I don't see, no offense, I'm sure Alkalite's going to be amazing. I don't see that as like the top tier show that someone is claiming this is happening in. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know. We will see. It is weird. Um... <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I like the idea. I I think it would be really cool. Um, and again, I think it kind of it lands in that space that a lot of people have problems with Galaxy's Edge. We haven't actually fully discussed that either. Like your thoughts on Galaxy's Edge now that you've gone. Oh my god, um, we haven't. <laughs> people so, have been waiting. So it's like one of those things where like people say, "I wish Galaxy's Edge was this place that I saw in Star Wars," because then I could actually go to that place. Well, now it's kind of the opposite. It's like, I've gone to that place. I've stood there. And when I'm watching my Star Wars, it shows up and I've been like, I've been there. That's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of one. Of, it's a different view on that whole thing. And for a lot of other people, like younger kids who are watching The Mandalorian and then later in life, they go to Galaxy's Edge. It is that example. So I I endorse this. I, I think it would be cool for it to show up in one or maybe even multiple shows as long as it doesn't feel like the commercial. It just right. is a place that people go, you know, which part the, of the Star story. Cruiser did feel like a commercial. Yeah, it's going to be hard for the Star Cruiser to not show up and feel like a commercial. But I feel like Galaxy's Edge is is a little different, yeah. better at, yeah, at, at doing that as pulling it off as like a real place. Maybe that's the book environment other things. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, all right. That is it for the resistance report this week. Uh, like I said, not a lot of news, but like a lot to talk about. There's some good discussion in there. Um, Lacey, do you want to take us into our next section? Yep, guys, it is time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe on YouTube, ring the bell for notifications so that you get every single video because we're awesome. Uh, you can follow us on all the different audio platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Please leave a review for us. It lets us show up in searches and people can find us and join the community with you or on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. If you want more than that and you want to support what we're doing here and you want to be a part of our community even more, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at $2 a month. Uh, you get access to the page and everything that we're doing there with exclusive content, live streams, and much more. And as you go up in rank, you get more access, including a Discord server, which is bananas and awesome, uh, live chats with us, uh, chances to be on the show, and much more. 
So this is that chance right now, <laughs> Patreon mm-hmm. Padres. So we let our generals and spice runners take part in our show. We ask them a question, they give us an answer. But before we get there, I want to thank those people. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto and Val Trichkoff, thank you guys so much. And to our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan War, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, and now Jeremy Myers. Thank you guys so much as being Spice Runners. Thank you. Um, and it's really exciting because we have our new general, Count Pepto, aka our buddy Luke, who did the pod race this week. His question was, you had the chance to ask Ian McDermott a question at his panel at Star Wars Celebration. If you had a chance to ask Emperor Palpatine a question, what would you ask him? Count Pepto, take it away. Hi, TRB. This is Luke. Count Pepto here. My question to Sheev would be about his Sith grand plan. Um, in episodes one to three of the prequels, I'd want to know if he came up with his plan for his ascension to power, if that was something from Plagueis that he built upon, or even a plan that was hundreds of years in the making. I know there's um, now no longer canon material that explains that, but I'd want to know his biased, one-sided, kind of juicy monologue explanation for that that whole um, situation. And then who threw the biggest curveballs in the mix um, for his plans, who he hates the most for deviating his plans and how he had to adjust for that. If he wouldn't answer that question, I'd ask him what his favorite drink to order at a bar is. Probably something with prune juice because he's uh, pretty old. But anyway, thank you so much, John, James, and Lacey, for everything you do. It means so much. Um, So awesome to be able to meet all you guys from TRBS Celebration. I hope to see you guys soon. This is Count Pepto. Awesome job, Luke. I really loved your uh, yeah. setup behind you with all the action figures and stuff. I'm pretty sure you won one of our contests and I had to ship you a figure. I don't remember which one <laughs> it was, but I'm glad that you got it. I remember one. T- the, the, so the story is it was from Amazon and you know how they take that picture and they're like, oh, is right. this delivered correctly? Well, I was quickly glancing at it in my email and it, obviously it's not my front door. So I was like, no, that's not my house. <laughs> and then I realized it was his house and I was like, oh, no, go get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm glad I made it to you. So was that John, the trivia? Did he win our uh, trivia? He did. Our... So we do quarterly yeah. trivia nights with our admirals and generals and spice runners, and you could win prizes, and he won. Um, so John, what'd you think of his answer as a fellow Shivy Babes fan? Right. Um, I think we we're due for a trivia one this month. So mm-hmm. good time to sign up. Um. Yeah, uh, Luke, you're hilarious, dude. I had such a blast hanging out with you. With a great jacket. Yeah, in Anaheim. Sweet girlfriend, too. By the way, congrats again. You, George Lucas uh, uh, gave you a Laserdisc version of Star Wars, so it's just fantastic <laughs> that you won that uh, at our event. But I liked your answer. I knew you were going to throw in some sort of humorous thing at the end there, and you did with the prune juice, so I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. Um, but I, I like your question too, because those are questions I think about as well. You know, did he come up with it? Did he grab it from Plagueis? Uh, and I've always thought about like, if they were to make a series, I, I, I feel like seeing where that guy came from, the villain, overall villain of Star Wars, that would be the origin story I'd want to see over any. So, um, It'd be cool to get the answers to your questions. So I really like everything you're putting out there. I think you did a great job for your first pod race. And uh, thanks for all the support, man. Uh, Look forward to seeing you again. 
whether it's next celebration or or a future meetup. But uh, thanks for all the support. Great job on your first pod race, and see you around, buddy. James, you know, you know, it's a weird take on this question is that mm. it's kind of nightmare fuel for me. I right, because then think... he's gonna kill you after he answers it. So, yeah. So like. <laughs> I, I've obviously like been in situations near people who have dressed up like Palpatine and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's cosplay. It looks pretty good or whatever. But I've never actually tried to visualize standing in the room with the actual emperor himself <laughs> and talking to him and expecting like answers, like an interview. And it actually is pretty terrifying. <laughs> and uh, True. so- but I, I really like uh, the question because I've often wondered about that. Like, it seems like, like, did other Sith not have grand plans? Like, what were they doing? It seems like they were just passing it off, passing it off, passing it off. And then he's like the, um, I don't know, like the end result of all of the things they've done. I'm all of the Sith or something. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like, as soon as he like, was in his 40s or 50s he's like grand plan time <laughs> and like everything <laughs> went exactly according to plan and he took over the entire galaxy and it's like crazy that no sith had ever done that in like eons you know <laughs> or whatever so it's like i i don't know I, i'd really interested to see if that was like Plagueis's plan or it's been the plan for a long time and he just was the it was the final straw where he finally got to 100 percent power and was like yep we're there well, let's do it you know or if he was the only one that was ambitious enough to be like i don't know why we're like not doing anything i'm doing something mm-hmm. and just pulled all the strings and was you know smarter than any other sith they probably could have done it but he was the only one who did so i don't know i'm just i'm very interested in that story so i think that was is probably the best question that you could ask emperor palpatine and then you would die so <laughs> yeah. yeah right that's what i'm saying i'm like you're gonna die as soon as you ask that question he's gonna tell <laughs> yeah. you and then he's gonna be like now i have to kill you because i've told I'm you i'm a gun die but yeah. <laughs> there you go but uh great job count pepto we really appreciate mm-hmm. it we love having you in the community it was great to hang out with you we can't wait to see you soon hopefully it's sooner rather than later yeah. um but thanks so much and now we're gonna head to john all right, here's the deal, folks. Ask the Resistance is back, baby. <laughs> I've been wondering, what are midi-chlorians? It's, it's late at my house right now. I can't yell. Um, <laughs> breaking the fourth wall, recording a podcast. Um, so, yeah, we asked for your questions. You sent them in. A lot of people sent them in. Uh, so, we may use them again for next week. So, thank you, everyone uh, who replied. Uh, it's really cool. We really appreciate it that you folks do that. So thank you very much. We have some good ones here. Uh, some familiar names, uh, some celebratory names, and some old school names. So we'll get to the first one here. Uh, this one's going to go to you, Lacey. This is from uh, a longtime listener of ours. Kylo10 at Fulcromandor famously asked James and Obi-Wan question at our first My live buddy. event. My uh, buddy. And, and she's back asking an Obi-Wan question, but this time it's going to you, Lacey. And the question is, which new character from Obi-Wan Kenobi is the most interesting to you so far? Great question. Um, I talked about a little about this on our TRB live episode last Wednesday, and I'll probably continue to talk about this character for the rest of my life because it was just, she's that cool, and it has to be Tala. She is like 
one of the coolest characters to come out of Star Wars in ever. <laughs> uh, she has kept me guessing the whole time. She's not predictable. She's strong, smart, witty. Uh, she fights for what's right, which is, you know, the theme of Star Wars. Uh, I I just loved everything about her so far, and I've loved the way that she's been cast. I think the actress is amazing. In um, that scene where she's basically staring down someone who's second guessing her, and then gets that guy to call her sir, mm-hmm. it reminded yeah. me so much of like the Bill Burr scene in Mandalorian, which was so great, where he just kind of stands up for like, "Hey, no, I'm in charge right now." Uh, I'm in charge. That's a Finn Finn joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, she's my favorite. I I love Kenobi. I think little Leia is cute. Every, everyone loves her. Obviously, she's great. But I think if I was to pick one character that's my favorite character coming out of the series, it's Tala. Yeah, not a bad choice. Uh, yeah, I think it would it would come down for new characters like Reva and Tala, and man, like you like we talked about last week. She's so good. And I think she's the best one in the show, honestly. Yeah. And you make a good point that she does keep us guessing. Cause I'm like, wait, 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 was she, is she, is she, is she? Yeah. 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 Right. Um, all right, cool. (laughs) Uh, James, this next one comes to you. Uh, talk about bookends. Our, our winner of our YouTube contest, uh, got a question on the show. So this, (laughs) this is your day, Sebastian. Uh, I assume that's your name. Uh, nerdy underscore Seb at Sebast81300. James, do you think it's possible Quinlan Voss could have saved Grogu and was the one smuggling around the galaxy? Uh, yes. I mean, I think it, it's very possible. Um, I love all these theories. Uh, right now, Quinlan Voss is the, the hot name right now. It's been Cal Kestis. It's been Ahsoka. You know, it's like, who do we think was the one that actually got Grogu out um, and what's funny is it reminds me a lot of Mandalorian season one we see that little boy put into the like the cellar and the door shut and then the boom and then it opens up and we're all like we're all like oh it could be uh, it could be Kenobi it could be uh, it could be Yoda I remember I was a big one that I yeah. thought it was going to be Yoda yeah. and oh, yeah. uh, that was going to be the one that saves him and then it opens up and it's like Death Watch and it's like did not see that coming, you know? <laughs> it's like that just, it, it threw, threw you so That's much so that true. I think the real answer to this question is probably someone that we're not expecting. Um, and right now, Quinlan seems like a hot answer, like it's a good one. I'm going to say that it's probably not Quinlan, but if it was, perfect. I love it. It fits in, and that would be a great choice. Yeah, I'd be excited to see that. Um, so, yeah, I like that. Um, thank you, Sebastian, and congrats again. Uh, all right, next up, uh, I'll take this one. An old ally, Patrick <laughs> Covey, again in one three six. What's up, Pat? He How you doing, buddy? Hope you're well. with us. <laughs> yes, dude. Hope you're doing well, buddy. It's good to hear from you. Uh, and he tossed out there: Is there something that you hope the Kenobi show should achieve before it ends? Which is tricky now because if the rumors are true that they're extending it, I'm just gonna go based on this. Yep. What we know, which is this is six episodes. Um, the Baru stuff I already went into, so I'm not going to repeat that. That's definitely up there for me. I think the other one is something that maybe is getting lost on some people because of a few reasons, like the relationship between Ewan and Hayden in real life 
and you know constantly focusing on obi-wan feeling terrible and 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 all the trauma about what happened with anakin but what needs to happen in order to fit the story is obi-wan needs to come to terms with that anakin is dead and anakin is gone Mm. and darth vader is evil and needs to be defeated because that is who we meet in a new hope he's more machine now than man twisted and evil uh you know that whole thing like when we see obi-wan it's not one of those like obi-wan's never saying like i'm gonna get him back even through empire and jedi he's like you must defeat darth vader you must do it and luke's the one who believes in his dad so obi-wan has to get to a point now where he gets over blaming himself for what happened and says no he did this and he has to be stopped or there's gonna be worse things happening than what happened to him and we need to see that happen in their final confrontation so i think that is vitally important and i think it'll be even bigger if what we've been saying is we see him look anakin in the eyes with his mask off and you know say that do the whole darth thing just like anakin is dead you are this person darth vader and i am going to stop you we need to see that moment and and um carry that nicely into uh, a new hope and you know if they do continue kenobi obviously they have to keep that going but we need that moment where kenobi stops blaming himself and it's enough and he sees darth vader as what he is darth vader um I did so. not agree with you when you started, and then a few sentences in, I was like, that's exactly true. <laughs> All right. It's a good time to end the show. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So, Let this sink in. James doesn't normally say this to you. Yeah, we usually don't do. agree. I'm joking. I think some people think we purposely don't agree uh, mm. on things, but no, we often have uh, opposing views on things. But mm-hmm. um, it's good stuff, though. It's never contentious, usually. Um, no, but thanks everybody for listening, watching, and being part of TRB. Uh, like Lacey said, subscribe on your preferred platform, Star Wars News Net, for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, store.resistancebroadcast.com. Uh, we are we getting Jack Fish up there, James? Huh? Is he up there yet? Oh yeah. I keep forgetting. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. John, so, it, I, I remember yeah. John making moves at celebration, like. <laughs> he, I overheard him talking to somebody like what they were like when can I get that and he's like soon like I think like right after celebration or something and I was like we didn't talk about that <laughs> he was campaigning actively yeah, campaigning yeah. To people. well people were coming up to me because I wore it at the event and they're like are you guys going to sell those and I was like yeah I'm the guinea pig I was here to try it out to see if you guys liked it okay one person said that every other person you were like that's did not you, true did you see did you see the shirt did you no see- that's not go ahead tell her you're out there, you're listening, you're watching. Tell her in the chat, everywhere. Tell her. Tell her. <laughs> Jack's fish. Here to stay. Um, but not in Kenobi, apparently. Big missed opportunity. Um, no, but uh, yeah. So so that's uh, basically it here from us. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing the editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com. And uh, movie podcast, just like the movies. Uh, we're doing American Psycho next, which I'm not a big fan of. But uh, we did do Top Gun recently, if you want to check that one out. Because Top Gun, right? Jeez uh james how about you well speaking of maverick my uh twitter (laughs) my twitter handle is at myra trunks not maverick but you can find me on twitter and on instagram at that handle maverick trunk Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. lacy people could find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gillerin 
All right. And speaking of our event, uh, next week on TRB here on Monday, we're going to be joined by Josh Robert Thompson, who uh, lent his voice to us as George Lucas at our live event. Uh, So we're going to have some fun with him on the show. Maybe revisit George. Maybe George will appear. We're not sure. And I'm sure some other voices along the way. But look for uh, our chat with him next Monday on the show. But of course, we'll be with you on Wednesday as we go live once again uh, for TRB Live, 9 p.m. East on Wednesday. That is the 15th. Uh, And we're going to talk about part five of Kenobi. We're almost at the end here. Uh, So be sure to join us live there. But uh, most importantly, we hope you have a great week. And we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.